Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. God is good. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. We want to welcome you right now to the International Deliverance Ministries radio broadcast and podcast. My name is Evangelist Sean Benito and also International Voice of Deliverance Radio, 24 hours of uncompromised Christian radio. Praise God. We want to go right now into our topic of discussion, and that is why cessationism is a lie. Why cessationism is a lie. Amen. The spiritual gifts, the baptism of the Holy Ghost in speaking in tongues, amen, have not ceased. Praise God. Why cessationism is a lie. Father, I pray for all those listening to the sound of my voice. Let your name be glorified, magnified, and exalted, O God. We give you thanks and praise for all that you've done and all that you'll continue to do. And for those who are not saved, God, speak to hearts and deal with them, Lord, concerning salvation, that they need to be born again by your spirit and be ready to go to heaven and not go to hell. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. In genuine repentance and faith in you alone for salvation, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. We want to go into our topic of discussion, and that is cessationism. Why? Cessationism is a lie. Now, what is cessationism? Amen. Cessationism. We want to go and find out what, what it means, uh, what the definition of cessationism is. Amen. Uh, the definition of cessation is this from the Oxford uh, Dictionary. It says the fact or process of ending or being brought to an end. I'll read that again. The fact or process of ending or being brought to an end. And so cessationists believe that the gifts of the Spirit, amen, have, in fact, they believe, have been done away with, and, and particularly at the death of the apostles. Some of them believe at the uh, inception of the canon of Scripture, when Scripture has come to its, amen, uh, complete and when we understand that the writers of the New Testament, amen, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, have stopped writing uh, the scriptures, the Holy Scriptures. So they essentially believe that the gifts of the Spirit, which, when I refer to that as speaking in tongues, the gifts of the baptism of the Holy Ghost with initial evidence of speaking with other tongues, um, the uh, in fact of the gifts of prophecy, uh, miracles, and so forth, all the gifts of the Spirit that we see in, in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12 have been done away with. They ceased. They've ceased to exist. And many in the Reformed churches believe this. Um, there are also uh, prominent preachers that believe this, like John MacArthur and others. However, is this the case? Is this what is this what the Bible is this? It, does the Bible teach this? And the answer to that is it does not. The doctrine of cessationism is a lie. We're going to see as to why that is. Amen. And why the Bible teaches explicitly clear that speaking in tongues and the other gifts of the spirit for today and will one day cease in the eternal state but they will not cease amen at this particular point in time now i want to read some some uh, quotations from early church fathers again the early church fathers are not uh the bible in other words the bible alone is sufficient amen in all matters of faith and doctrine that we have to live by jesus said in matthew's gospel chapter 4 verse 4 it is written a man shall not live by bread alone but by every word hallelujah that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. This is our, our final authority. Not, not church doctrines, amen, not ecumenical councils, not church fathers, but the scriptures, the holy scriptures themselves, amen. This is what we got to go by. Many people go by tradition. No, tradition is not equal to the Bible. It's a lie. The Roman Catholic Church is deceiving multitudes, number, multiple, multiple numbers of people, amen. Praise God. I got that out. And the reality is they are putting tradition equal with the Bible. Tradition cannot be equal with the Bible. Jesus talks about that in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 15, how the Pharisees were making the word of God of non-effect by the tradition. Anyway, we don't want to go into that right now, but we want to focus, amen, why cessationism is a lie. So having said that, there are uh, some evidence we have that the gifts of the Spirit did not cease at the death of the apostles. And this goes back to some of the, re some of the references of the early church 
fathers. And I'm, I'm not going to refer to just two right now. One of them is Irenaeus, and the other one is Justin Martyr. We're going to begin with Justin Martyr. Now, Justin Martyr uh, lived approximately, uh, was born 100 AD, died at approximately 165 AD. So Justin Martyr um, basically lived, he lived in the second century after the death of the apostles. I think it's fair to say that. The apostles were dead, and he's alive. Amen. And so here's what he says, the uh, Justin Martyr, in reference to um, the gifts of the Spirit, right? I'm going to read what he said. It's very important, although, again, it's not Scripture, but it's important to understand, amen, what the early church uh, experienced in reference to the gifts of the Spirit. Did they believe that the gifts of the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, were done away at the death of the, of, of the, at the, death of the apostles? And the answer is they did not, okay? Now, I'm reading from uh, this evangelicalfocus.com. And it talks about Justin Martyr, and I quote from it. It says, in Justin's dialogue with Trifo, he makes it abundantly clear that the prophetic gifts of the Jews have been transferred to the Christians. He starts chapter 82 of his apologetic book, declaring, for the prophetic gifts remain with us even to the present time. Okay? So he says that, that, that the, the, prophetic, the prophetical gifts remain with us even to the present time. Okay, um, and then he, this, this article says he continues the same line of reasoning in chapter 87, arguing that the spirit continues to impart gifts of grace. And he quotes them. He, uh, this article quotes Justin uh, Martyr. He says to those who believe in him, according as he deems each man worthy thereof. The following chapter 88 is also explicitly affir affirmative of the presence of the spiritual gifts. Now it is possible to see. Among us, women and men who possess gifts of the Spirit of God. That's just a martyr. And I end the quote. That's just a martyr. So just a martyr who lived at approximately 180 to 165 AD believed that the gifts of the Holy Ghost, in reference to speaking in tongues, the gifts of prophecy, the gifts of miracles, the gifts of healing, and so forth, were not done away. In other words, he believed that they did not cease. They were not ceased. Okay, they did not stop at the death of the apostles, according to Justin Martyr's testimony. Okay, now, amen, we're going to go to, um, we're going to go to Irenaeus. Okay, Irenaeus. Now, uh, Irenaeus was a, was a pupil of Polycarp. Okay, he lived, Irenaeus lived, uh, he died after Justin Martyr. He lived at 130 AD to 202 AD. So he died in the 3rd century. He was alive in the 2nd century and in the, around the middle of the 2nd century. And uh, this is what he says, okay? Justin Martyr we're talking about. This is what he says, okay? And it, I'm getting this from evangelicalfocus.com. He says this, and I quote, he writes, Those who are in truth Jesus' disciples, receiving grace from him, do in his name, perform miracles so as to promote the welfare of other men according to the gift which each one has received from him. For some do certainly and truly drive out devils, so that those who have been thus, so, so that those who have been, who have thus been cleansed from evil spirits, frequently both believe in Christ and join themselves to the church. Others have foreknowledge of these things to come. They see visions and utter prophetic expressions. Others still heal the sick by laying their hands upon them, and they are made whole. Yea, moreover, moreover, as I have said, the dead even have been raised up and remained among us for many years. Unquote. Okay, that was from Justin Martyr, okay? And he speaks about the gifts of the Holy Ghost have not ceased. Remember, the apostles are dead, huh? And they've been dead for years before his before Irenaeus' birth in 130 A.D. And he died 202 A.D. Lived in the second century, died in the third, the beginning of the third. And he records that the gifts of the Spirit were evident in the body of Christ, in the church of God. He didn't say that they were done away with. He didn't say that they have ceased. Now, even if he did, that's not our authority. Our authority is the Bible, is the Word of God. But it's just interesting that he gives a testimony in reference to, to the gifts of the Spirit being in operation that they have not ceased. Amen? And we can go through other uh, early church fathers, but it, that's, that's, that will suffice for now. Okay? That will suffice for now. Okay? That, that Irenaeus and Justin um, Martyr have declared, amen, these early church fathers have declared that the gifts of the Holy Ghost have not 
ceased. Praise God. They have not been done away with. Amen. They are not uh, uh, something of the past, but they are, according to them, something that has survived after the death of the apostles. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So this was, uh, the, just want to give a the reference to uh, where Irenaeus uh, even spoke about these things. That was in his book, Against Heresies. Amen. So you can look at that in, in reference to what he thought. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, there's other church fathers later on that, that believe that the gifts of the Spirit were ceased because it didn't occur anymore. But we're just dealing with, that's, that's Augustine and others, they believe that. But, but again, we are not, but again, they live centuries after Irenaeus and, and, and uh, Justin Martyr. But they had no, the only reason why they said that they ceased because they didn't see it happening. They had no biblical reference. They had nothing to justify their claims why the gifts of the Spirit has ceased. Okay. We're going to go back to the word of God and find out that the gifts of the Holy Ghost have not ceased. And that those who believe that they have ceased, the cessationists that believe that the gifts of the Holy Ghost have ceased are lying to you. They're deceiving you. They're telling you something that's not found in the pages of the Holy Bible as we are about to go into right now. Do not be ashamed of speaking in tongues, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and with all the gifts of the Spirit. As somebody would like to make you think that it's not biblical and that you're full of demons and devils, they're lying. They're full of the devil themselves that they believe that okay because it's going contrary to the doctrine of christ the bible says let god hallelujah be true and every man hallelujah a liar amen glory be to god so now we're going to go to the book amen we're going to start with matthew's gospel amen with the great man of god john the baptist and uh, this is what the man of god says in regards to amen the baptism with the holy ghost amen we're going to look at that right now John the Baptist preaching, amen, in the, in the Jordan River, amen, people coming to him, confessing the sins and getting right with God, he says, and repenting, he says this in, in John's gospel, chapter number three, in verse 10, and now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees, therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. He says, I indeed baptize thee with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat into the barner, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, the Bible talks about the baptism of the Holy Ghost here. It also talks about God's judgment upon those who do not receive the gospel of Christ. Some will try to interpret this and say, oh, the baptism of the Holy Ghost is God's judgment. No, it's not God's judgment. The baptism with the Holy Ghost is not God's judgment. Amen? Hallelujah. It does open up the idea that we are in the last days and God will pour his spirit upon all flesh. But the baptism of the Holy Ghost, amen, and with fire is in reference to Acts chapter 2 when the apostles were filled with the Holy Ghost, amen, and received the promise of the Father as it is recorded in Luke's gospel chapter number uh, 24. We're going to look at that right now. Luke's gospel chapter number 24. Amen. And here's what it says in Luke's gospel, chapter number 24. Amen. Praise God. And uh, this is the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, God in flesh, the Son of God, who died on the cross for our sins, rose again from the dead. Hallelujah. Went to heaven's coming back again. And only through him can we be saved. Amen. But we must repent and trust him by faith for our salvation. Here's what the, G the Lord Jesus Christ says. And verse 46 of Luke's gospel, chapter 24, and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behoove Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, listen to verse 49 now. It says, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with Power, hallelujah, from on high. Amen. He says, tarry in the city of Jerusalem. Amen. Until you be endued, hallelujah, with power from on high. What power was that? We're going to see what power that was. Amen. And we go to, as we go to Acts chapter 1 and chapter 2. Amen. And the Bible goes on here and says, and he led them, as far, and led them out as far as to Bethany, and lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass when he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem. Hallelujah. With great joy. Amen. And were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise be to God. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord. Now we're going to look what that promise of the Father is. We go to Acts chapter 1. Amen. The first chapter of the book of Acts. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. We're just laying the foundation, amen, of how the gifts of the Spirit did not cease, amen, and how they were given to the church, and they are for the church today, not just for the church of the first century, amen, but today. The Bible says here in Acts chapter number 1 and verse 1, the former treatise of I made thee, I made all Theophilus of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Verse 2, until the day in which he was taken up, after that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Verse 3, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. Jesus Christ of Nazareth showed himself alive after his death on the cross by his passion by many infallible proofs. People say there's no proof of the Bible. It's a lie. They're deceived. The Bible has shown itself to be true by the facts of history, archaeology, Bible prophecy, and the eyewitness accounts of Jesus Christ's death, his burial, and his resurrection. Amen. So the Bible has shown itself to be true. Amen. The Bible has shown itself to be true hallelujah the bible has shown amen itself to be true praise god to be the word of almighty god hallelujah and that word is truth amen to us amen it will not go amen amen sour but it is the truth of the word of god and so the if anybody said suggest there's no proof to the bible they're believing a lie from satan satan has seduced them satan has deceived them satan has led them to believe a lie amen and sooner or later they, they, they're gonna they're will be damned because if they if they continue that route and not repent and get right with God they will be damned amen sadly but tragically amen and so that's what will happen to the ungodly amen they will believe a lie and they will be damned and so the good news is that you don't have to be damned the good news is that you can be saved amen the good news is that you can be redeemed the good news is that you can be born again by the spirit of God and not go to hell but go to heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth hallelujah that's the good news he rose up from the dead he's coming back again and that's why everybody everywhere no matter if you're black white red or yellow no matter what country you're from you must be born again you need to repent of your sins and come to Jesus Christ for salvation or you're going to split hell wide open and that's not what God wants but so the Bible says the Bible the Bible the Bible says very clearly amen in the word of almighty God that Christ came amen and rose from the dead died on the cross rose from the dead according to the holy scriptures themselves now the scripture tells us here Amen. That he that he showed himself after his passion by many infallible proofs. I mean proofs. Amen. That cannot be denied. Amen. You want to, you may want to reject the Bible, but you can't reject the Bible. Amen. You, you rather you can reject the Bible, but you it cannot. These these uh these foul infallible truths truths cannot be denied. You may want to reject it, but they can't be denied. They're facts. The reality. He rose from the dead. He was seen by eyewitness accounts. But we're not going to get onto all that right now. Amen. I feel to, but I, we're not going to do that right now. We've got to focus on this particular issue. Amen. So the Bible says here, amen, hallelujah, glory be to God in the highest. The Bible says here in Acts chapter number one, amen, we go all the way down to uh, verse three again, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the father, which saith he, ye have heard of me for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Amen. Hallelujah. He tells his apostles. Amen. Then it, so then that's what the baptism the Holy Ghost is. It wasn't judgment as some cessationists like to erroneously believe. It has absolutely nothing to do with judgment although that judgment was in the context of when John the Baptist preached but the baptism and the Holy Ghost had nothing to do itself with judgment. Amen. Upon the ungodly. Nothing to do with that. He just talking about the baptism. Amen. That Christ will come to baptize his believers with the Holy goes and that those who don't receive it will receive judgment they won't receive god they'll receive the judgment of god but the believers will receive god that's what he's saying so we, we find here in acts chapter one the bible says that the uh the apostles amen are waiting for the promise of will we'll be waiting for the promise of the father amen because that's what john said that christ will come to baptize amen with the Holy Ghost. And that's the context. Wait for the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father was the baptism of the Holy Ghost in verse 5. That's clear. We're going to go on. So it's not judgment as many peop people like to erroneously believe with their false hermeneutics and their false exegesis. Now we're going to go on. The Bible goes on to say this. Amen. In verse 6. 
When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? Verse 7, and he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father had put in his own power. I love this, verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost. Amen. Listen to what the Bible says. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in old Judea and in Samaria and under the uttermost part. Thank you. You Jesus, listen what it says, and unto the uttermost part. Listen, 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 listen very clearly as I'm reading from the word of God in regards to this. And this last portion of Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the Bible says, Amen. And unto the uttermost part of the earth. Amazing. The uttermost part of the earth. What does this even mean? It means, hallelujah, that people in the uttermost part of the earth will receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost all over the world. Not just in Jerusalem. Not just in Judea. Not just in Samaria. But into the, listen, uttermost part of the, what does that even mean? Did the, were the apostles able to go to the uttermost parts of the world? No, they were not able to do that. They died before that was accomplished. Amen, somebody. Hallelujah. That alone shows you that the baptism with the Holy Ghost and the gifts of the Spirit, just by Acts chapter 1 verse 8, the Lord revealed it to me even now. The, the Acts chapter 1 verse 8, amen, explicitly, clearly shows that the baptism of the Holy Ghost, amen, did not extinguish or die or cease at the death of the apostles of Almighty God. They did not. It's a lie. Just by Acts chapter 1 verse 8 alone. Because they were not able to go to the uttermost parts of the earth. But we're going to continue on, amen, and understand, amen, how cessationism is a lie, amen, and how the baptism of the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, and the gifts of the Spirit are for today. Now, amen, the Bible says they went to Jerusalem, amen, on the day of Pentecost. We go to verse number two, chapter number two of the book of Acts, amen. Of course, we're reading from the King James Bible. These other Bibles leave verses out, cause confusion, and we're going to stick with our King James Bible. That's another story, amen, another thing that we can talk about and preach about. But the Bible goes on to say here in verse Acts chapter 2, verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, I love that, hallelujah, as they were praying and seeking God, suddenly there came a sound from heaven, hallelujah. It did not come from hell, I love that. It is not of the devil. It is not, amen, demonic. It is not seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. The Bible says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. It did not come from the pit. It came from the throne room of God. Listen to what the Bible says. And suddenly there came a sound from where? From heaven, amen, as of a rushing mighty wind, and they filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as a fire, and is set upon each of them. Mm. Cloven tongues as a fire. Ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Here we go now. Amen. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and is set upon each of them. And they were all, I love this, filled, hallelujah, with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues of the Spirit, gave them utterance. Wonderful. And they began to speak with the Holy Ghost, amen, and began to speak with other tongues that the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, the other tongues is referring not to the unknown tongue, and we're going to talk about that in a moment, but it's referring to other tongues, other languages. Now, those other languages are revealed here in Acts chapter number 2, okay? They are revealed here in Acts, the second chapter, amen? And uh, it goes on to talk about what languages they were. If you go to verse number um, five says, and they were dwelling at Jerusalem, the Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noise abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all, and they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Parthians. I mean, they spoke in the Parthian language. And Medes, Medi, the, the, the language of the Medes. And Elamites, and the, the, the Elamite language. And the dwellers at Mesopotamia, and in Judea, and Cappadocia, and Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, and Egypt, and in the parts of Libya, and both Cyrene, and, in, and strangers of Rome, Jews, and proselytes, Cretes, and Arabians. We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It came to pass, 
Amen. They spoke with other tongues, which means the tongues of men. Okay, which means the tongues of men that they did not know. They, did, they were not educated on. Amen. It's like Brother William Tyndale was able to speak eight languages. Amen. Many people can do that. Uh, but most people can't. And these men, the apostles and those who were in the upper room, did not know those languages. Amen. But God gave them those languages to speak as a sign. Amen. And as a witness to the unbeliever. Amen. That God was in their midst and that they need to trust the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. Hallelujah. That's what the Bible says. Tongues is a sign. Amen. A sign to the unbeliever. We find that in 1 Corinthians chapter number 14. That sign is when one, amen, is filled with the Holy Ghost and speaks, amen, in another tongue as a sign to the unbeliever. It's a sign to the unbeliever. Okay. Now, Acts chapter 1, sorry, rather chapter 2, amen. The apostle Peter gets up and starts preaching, amen, and says, and, and when people were stirred in their hearts and convicted by the Holy Ghost to be saved, this is what they said in Acts chapter 2, verse 37. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do as a result of telling us to repent of our sins, that Christ died for our sins, rose again from the dead? He's coming back again. And we, we've seen the sign of the Holy Ghost come upon you, whereby you're now speaking in our languages. Amen. As a sign to the unbeliever, what must we do, men and brethren? What, what, what does God require of us? It was what the man of God said, amen, brother Peter. Verse 38, then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now we don't believe, amen, in, in the oneness doctrine, that God is, uh, the idea that God is just uh, one person in the sense of that, he, that he's not three, uh, one God and three persons. The Bible makes that clear. There's only one God and three persons. Amen. But here's what the Bible says, amen, that they were to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Every one of you and for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It means under the authority of Christ. We're not going to get only to that right now. But anyway, the Bible says, amen. It says, and you shall receive the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. If this was not important, amen, to the believer, he would not have told them that they would receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He said, amen, number one is salvation. You shall have the remission of your sins, the forgiveness of your sins by repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. People say, oh, you don't need to repent. They're lying to you. You do need to repent. Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And Luke's gospel, chapter number 13 and verse 3. Anybody that tells you you don't need to repent and that it's a work salvation is preaching a false gospel. They are lying to you. They're deceiving you. As the Bible says, the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. The Bible requires that you repent of your sins. Amen. You change your mind that results in a change of action. Amen. Whereby we understand that the repentance is, is real. Amen. The Bible is a being forth fruit, therefore meet for repentance. you got to bring forth fruit, meet for repentance. And to show that you truly repented means you turn away from your homosexuality. You turn away from your adultery, your fornication, your transgenderism, your masturbation, your divorce and remarried condition, your alcohol, your drinking, your smoking, whatever, your lying, your stealing, your unforgiveness. Amen. All all the filthiness of this world, you turn from it. If you do not, you're not going to make it to heaven. You're going to split hell wide open, and that's not what God wants. He's not willing that any should, any should perish, but all come to, hallelujah, Lord Jesus, repentance. Hallelujah. But he also says, amen, that ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Once you turn from your sins, what does this mean? It means you first got to be saved. To receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. you got to rewrite with God. Amen. you got to be born again by the Spirit of God. And receive Christ as your Savior and Lord. Now notice what the, the man of God says here in verse 39. Of Acts chapter 2. For the promise is unto you and to your children. And to all that are afar off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. He says the promise is unto you and your children. Imagine that. This is another major piece of evidence. I'm going to stop right here. Because this again proves again. The second thing that we're going through, we talked about the fact that the, that the, amen, the Lord himself said, amen, uh, you know, and you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, and the Samaria, and, to other, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen. So we know that the, the, the apostles, they were not able to preach, amen, to the uttermost parts of the earth. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, but the people after them would. Hallelujah. Amen. And they would need the power to do that. Others would need the power to do that. Amen. So here it is now. The Bible goes on to say in verse 39, 
Amen. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call the promise of what? The promise of the Father. Hmm. The promise of the Holy Ghost. He says, it's unto you and your children. Imagine that. So people could say, oh, well, the death of the apostles, probably many of those people may have died at the time the apostles died. Maybe, maybe not. But it says to your children. How are you going to get around that? <laughs> Hallelujah. To your children. They certainly would live longer than the apostles because their children, the apostles, were men. Hmm? The promise was to them and their children. And the Bible says, and to many, okay, and to all that are far off, even as many as our Lord our God shall call. As we just mentioned, Acts chapter 1, amen, the gospel going to the ends of the earth, right? The oldest part of the earth. As many as the Lord our God shall call, that means to as many to anybody. But it was to them and their children. We know after the apostles died, the children are going to live longer than the apostles. That's just common sense, right? So that the, that the other the apostles were lying, and we know that they weren't lying. They're men of God. They did not lie. They did not go about in, in deception. They loved the Lord. They walked in honesty and godliness and holiness and righteousness and purity. Okay, in the spirit. So that means that they said to your children, the apostles did not believe in the false doctrine of cessationism from Acts chapter 2 and verse 39. It's clear. They did not believe such false teaching and lies. Hmm? So why do you, if you believe it? Why do you believe it? And believe that your church teaches is from the devil? You're not believing the Bible. You're not believing the Bible. And you may call yourself Bible believing, but you're not. If you believe that the, that the gifts of the Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues has been done away with, we've seen from the Word of God that it, it has not. From the clear teaching of Holy Scripture, it is not. And, it, and nowhere in the Bible does it teach this. Nowhere in the Bible does it teach that the gifts of the Spirit have ceased or will cease after the death of the apostles. Only place we find this is 1 Corinthians 13 where it ceases in the eternal state when we're, the, when we're all with the Lord Jesus Christ. Why would we need it then? Hmm? Why would we need it in eternity? We're not going to need it. We're not going to need it to preach the gospel. We're not going to need it, amen, uh, uh, to pray mysteries unto the Lord as the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter number 14. We'll get to that in a moment talking about the unknown tongue. We're not going to need that. But we do need it now. And the promise was unto you and to your children, as many as the Lord our God shall call. So as many as the Lord our God, the Bible says, shall call, right? That would refer to people in the future where the gospel would go to, right? In Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. The uttermost, as many as the Lord our God shall call, right? We're going to receive it to all that are far off. Far off means in far lands. Amen. And as many as a, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Amen. And they should be filled with the Holy Ghost. They need the power of the Holy Ghost. They need to be baptized with the Spirit. Now, the baptism of the Holy Ghost cannot save you. But it is for Christians who are saved. Amen. Who know the Lord. Amen. We see this in Acts chapter 19. Okay. We're going to go there for a moment. Acts the 19th chapter. Now, Acts chapter 19 talks about the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, amen, as he is, goes in, in, into the area of Ephesus, amen, he finds certain disciples, Acts chapter 19, verse 1. And he said in verse 2, he said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? He says, have you received the Holy Ghost since, since you've believed, since you became born again, since you got right with God? Have you received the Holy Ghost since ye believe, he says, huh? And they said unto him, we have not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. We don't even know if there was a Holy Ghost. Now, Paul didn't know that they weren't saved. Amen. He believed that they were saved. Having believed, he's, he's not referring to believing on the, in the uh, baptism of John. Of course, he was, he was referring to believing on the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. And if it wasn't important to um, Brother Paul, Amen. He wouldn't have said, have you received the Holy Ghost? This was a theme of the early church. This was extremely important and necessary. Again, not for salvation. You must be saved first. People get confused. Oh, I don't got to be saved to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Of course you don't have to be. Amen. And to suggest that I'm preaching that when I'm not is a fallacy, is a, is a straw man argument. The Bible does not teach that. We know that many uh, people, some people teach that. I believe some in the, uh, the Jesus only camp, you know, the oneness camp, the false oneness camp that says that, that the Trinity does not exist and all that amen we're not going to go into all of that they teach that you know that you need to receive the holy you need to be baptized with the holy ghost in order to be saved some people may believe that but the reality is the bible does not teach that it's begun we're going to go through that amen he says having believed we know acts chapter 8 amen they were first saved right 
uh, in Acts chapter 8, amen, in Samaria. Then Peter and John came, laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. He came upon them, and they spoke with tongues. Now they say, oh, speaking in tongues is not in that, re- it's not in that chapter, brother. Listen, the reference is there, clearly. Because, amen, Simon saw something. What he saw, some kind of manifestation. And we see that everywhere in the Bible, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 10, when Cornelius, amen, uh, heard the preaching of Peter, he believed and they speak with tongues, amen. How they received the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, for they, for they heard them speak with tongues, amen. That's how they knew that uh, the house of court, that Cornelius and those that were with him received the baptism with the Holy Ghost, amen. As we see in Acts chapter 10, verse 44, a while Peter has spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word, verse 45, and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost, verse 46, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God, amen. Hallelujah. Then answered Peter, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which has received the Holy Ghost as well as we, amen. In other words, if somebody wasn't truly saved, they would, they, somebody could forbid them to be baptized, Saying, well, they're not really right with God. They're not truly saved. Amen. Hallelujah. But now they said, no, these people received the Holy Ghost. They received the Holy Ghost. It's a sign that they're truly saved. Amen. Now, the baptism of the Holy Ghost doesn't save you. Amen. But it's certainly a sign if you truly receive it. Amen. And you're truly saved. It's a sign. Amen. That definitely that you're right with God. That you repented. You made it right with God. Now, having said that, amen, doesn't mean that people speaking in tongues necessarily is born again because there's, so, there's those who can speak in tongues and curse Christ as they did in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. They weren't tr- those people uh, that did that were not truly of God. Amen. So, and people that, that don't have love, amen, though they can speak with the tongues of angels and of men, amen, and have not charity or love, amen. Uh, the Bible makes it clear, amen, it profiteth nothing, amen. And, and he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. So it is initial evidence, amen, of the baptism of the Holy Ghost and of a spirit for your life, but it is not the only evidence, amen. There's got to be a number one life of holiness and purity, hallelujah. But anyway, we're going to get into this. So the reality is, uh, getting back to... Uh, Acts chapter 8 briefly, that when they were in Samaria, Peter and John came, laid their hands on them. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And they reference and the inference is there that they spoke with tongues, although the, the exact word is not there. The reference is clearly there. We speak because we see in Acts 2, Acts 10, and now as we were going through Acts 19. Amen. So Acts 2, 10 and 19 spirit clearly says that they spake with other tongues. Amen. Verse 6 says, and when Paul laid hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they speak with tongues and prophesy. And all the men were about 12. Amen. So after they came to Christ, they got, they got saved. Amen. They got right with God. In this case, they were baptized before they even got filled with the Holy Ghost like those in Acts chapter 8. And they speak with tongues in Acts chapter 19 and in verse number 6. So let me tell you this. Amen. Hallelujah. We find all through the Bible that the Bible does not teach anything uh, about cessationism. Now, many people like to go to uh, 1 Corinthians as their proof text to support the false idea and the lie that cessationism has come to pass. Amen. And it is not at all. You go to 1 Corinthians 12, 12, 13 and 14. There is no indication that tongues have ceased. Amen at all. Now, the Bible says that tongues will cease in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse number 8 says, Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is coming, then that which is in part shall be done away. Amen. When I was a child, I speak as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. But now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now by the faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. Amen. Praise God. Now, the gifts of the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues did not happen at the death of the Apostle Paul. The Apostle John was still alive. We know that for certain, right? And <laughs> the reality is it did not cease at all at the death of the Apostle Paul. Not at all. Or at the inception of the canon of Scripture, when all the Scripture, amen, when all the, the writers of the Bible finished writing under the, under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. It didn't stop then either. Amen. Hallelujah. As the Bible says in Acts chapter number 2, verse 39, as we read, amen, the, the promise uh, is, for, is to you and all those that are afar off. Hallelujah. And unto your children. Their children live longer, at least most of them, 
than the Apostle John, than James, than Paul, Peter, all the rest of them. Amen. All the rest of those great men of God, Thomas. Amen. Who died in India. Amen. So all of the, so we see here, amen, that all what people are saying is a lie. Amen. Now we should see through the gla through a glass darkly. Amen. But then face to face. Right. Paul died before the canon of scripture was completed. Hmm? So obviously that verse is not referring to the canon of scripture or he, uh, at all. Right. If it did, amen. Uh, you know, when that which is perfect has come, that well, I'll see face to face. Paul died. I mean, he saw the Lord face to face. Huh? Hmm? It's referring to the eternal state. Amen. So the gift of the Holy Ghost, the gift of prophecy, the gift of speaking in tongues, has not been done away with at all. Now, I just want to touch on one, one last thing. Talking about the unknown tongue. The unknown tongue and other tongues is not the same. Okay? The unknown tongue, amen, amen, is singular okay not plural it is a heavenly language this is why the apostle paul says though i speak with the tongues of men and of angels and of not charity i am become a sounding brass or tinkling symbol speaking in the unknown tongue is a tongue from heaven okay of angels that's what's referring to of heaven a heavenly tongue an unknown tongue that is not known to man it is not a human language so therefore people like john macarthur that would like to say, oh, uh, you know, I, you know, this Toronto linguistics scholar, you know, doesn't doesn't know of any language that they're speaking. So therefore, it's not a true language, and therefore it's gibberish and rubbish and whatever. That's a bunch of lies, and it's it's a total fallacy. It is a total fallacy. It's totally fallacious because they are not speaking in the tongues of men. Most Christians don't speak in the tongues of men. They do when they do. It is for the purpose of being a man a witness or a sign to the unbeliever. Most people do not speak in tongues in regards to the other tongues in that capacity. But when it comes to the unknown tongue, Paul said, I would, all the, I would that you all speak with tongues. Amen? Because there's people that are unlearned. Amen? That may be saved, but they're unlearned and they don't understand it and they've not received the Holy Ghost and, and the baptism of the Spirit. But they, should they? Absolutely. They should. Is that an option? Oh, I don't need it. God is saying, Christ says, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen? It's important to the Lord. And if it's important to the Lord, it should be important to you if you're born again. And again, it doesn't save you. But you should have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, amen, to be used by God and to be used for his glory, amen, and to, and to be built up in this most holy faith. Because what do the speaking in tongues do? It builds you up in this most holy faith, the unknown tongue. Huh? How do we know? Well, the Bible says in verse number four, okay, or verse three, we go back to verse three. But he that prophesies speaking unto, unto men unto edification and exhortation and comfort, verse four, and he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. Hallelujah. Amen. So speaking in an unknown tongue edifies the believer in Christ. That's why the Bible says in the book of Jude, amen, uh, building up yourself in this most holy faith in verse 20, praying in the Holy Ghost. It refers to speaking in tongues. Oh, no, it doesn't, brother. It does. Absolutely 100 percentage. It it's speaking about speaking in tongues, amen, praying in the Holy Ghost. That's what it's referring to, amen, in an unknown tongue. Hallelujah. Amen. And this is what Paul talks about, amen, by praying in the Spirit in Ephesians chapter 6 and, and so forth. So the Bible mentions, amen, speaking in tongues, hallelujah, that is not done away with. Even in, in, uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, amen, uh, they, were not do, they were not operating correctly under the, um, the way they should be in the service, amen, orderly. Did Paul say don't speak with tongues anymore? Absolutely not. What did he say at the end of it? Amen. At the end of his um, chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he exhorts the brethren and says to them, Wherefore, brethren, cover to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently and in order. He says don't forbid to speak in tongues. But what about all those churches that tell you don't speak in tongues? We don't believe in it. They are rejecting the word of God. They are rejecting the word of Christ. They are walking in disobedience to the Lord. And when they say openly it's of the devil, they need to repent or they won't even make it to heaven because they're rejecting the word of God. And what are they doing when they're doing that? They are condemning the just. And the Bible says if we justify the wicked and we condemn the just, both are an abomination to the Lord. And the Bible says in Revelation chapter chapter 21 verse 8 that the abominable will not inherit the kingdom of God they need to repent and get right with God 
I said they would, uh, the Bible cleared it. They need to repent and get right with the Lord because speaking in tongues, the gifts of the Spirit are for today and they are of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you need them if you're a Christian. You need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You need to, hallelujah, be filled with the Holy Ghost with the initial evidence of speaking with tongues. Amen. You need to operate, amen, operate under the gifts of the Spirit. God wants us to do that. It doesn't mean that, that if you don't, you're not, that you're not saved. It does not mean that. But it means that God wants to use you to do that. Covet, the Bible says, amen, to prophesy means you should covet it. You should want it. You should desire it. Amen. The Bible says, amen, in 1 Corinthians 14, follow after charity and desire, desire, desire spiritual gifts. Anybody that tells you not to desire, they're, they're teaching what the Bible clearly teaches against. The Bible t clearly teaches us to desire the spiritual gifts as recorded by the word of Almighty God and your pastor, your denomination, your church. Amen. The, all those around you that you highly esteem, amen, as great women and men of God that are telling you that this is the baptism of the Holy Ghost with speaking with tongues and the gifts of the Spirit are not for today. That They have seats are lying to you. They're deceiving you. They're pumping nothing but lies that are contrary to the doctrine of Christ, contrary to the Word of God. As we close, as we close, cessationism is a lie. I get it. I have to say it again. Cessationism, the doctrine thereof, that came out of the Reformed Church. It came out of the Reformed Church. That doesn't mean that they're not godly Reformed people. I'm not saying that. Who love the Lord and who don't believe in cessation. I mean, there's, there's those that don't believe in cessation. And there's even some, some that may believe in it who are being deceived and who don't understand it. Amen? But those who do understand it and who reject it and who say that people are, are operating under demon spirits, those people don't know God. Those people are not saved. Are you understanding me? Don't, don't be fearful of all the commentaries that they write about cessationism, which is a lie. Don't uh, fear all the books that have been written about it, cessationism I'm referring to. Don't fear all the preachers and pastors that falsely teach this doctrine because it's a lie. It's not a, it doesn't matter how much they spin it. It doesn't matter how much they want to say about it. It's a lie. It's a fallacy. We go on our website. We also talk about it. Amen. In our paper, Have Tongues Ceased? Not so. You can read that on our website, internationaldeliveranceministries.org. Have Tongues Ceased? Not so. You can read that on our uh, website, internationaldeliveranceministries.org. But the tongues have not ceased. All those I tell you are believing a lie. Believe what the Word of God says. The evidence, of course, number one from the Bible says, teaches us that it has not ceased. Number two, church history also teaches us. After the death of the apostles, those who are closer, closer to the apostles, amen, right after they died, not too long after they died, believed and saw the operation of the Spirit within the church. All through church history, we've seen it among the brethren, amen. And people saying it is not so, and it's not here, and they formulated that doctrine, are not formulating it from the authority of Holy Scripture but because of their hatred for the actual operation of the gifts themselves. Or maybe they're afraid that things may get too uh, carried away in the church. Well, then you correct it according to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. That's all. Just do what's right. Hmm? In the love of Christ. But don't. But if you forbid it in your church, you say it's not of God, you're not of God. You're not of God. Because you're rejecting the word of God. Clearly. That has been instituted by the Savior himself, who is the baptizer with the Holy Ghost. So... Don't believe the lie of cessationism. Believe the word of God. Be filled with the Holy Ghost if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Ask God to fill you. Hallelujah. God will not give you, amen, a, a, a serpent. Amen. Hallelujah. If you ask the Holy Ghost, he won't give you something evil, as the Bible says. Amen. He won't do that. He'll give you the genuine Holy Ghost. Amen. The third person of the Trinity to infill you. When you get saved, he comes to live inside of you. But when you are baptized with the Holy Ghost, he comes upon you with power to be a witness for his glory and for his honor. Amen. And to be edified in this most holy faith as you pray in the unknown tongue unto God and speak mysteries unto him. Hallelujah. Tongues have not ceased. Hallelujah. Cessationism is a lie from the pit of hell. It's not of God. Don't receive it. Reject it and believe the word of God. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, salvation is number one. Before being filled with the Holy Ghost, you must be saved. It's number one. If you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, you're not saved by the grace of God. You're not ready to go to heaven. But you died in your, but, but right now, if you died in your sins, you know you'd go to hell. You don't have to go to hell. God loves you. Christ died for you. The Bible says, for God so loved the world, that it gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life.
You want to know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, you can today. All you have to do is repent of your sins and receive him as your Savior. No prayer itself can save you, but if you truly pray unto the Lord in genuine repentance and genuine faith in him, the Bible says, who, hallelujah, so whoever shall call upon the name, hallelujah, of the Lord shall be saved. It doesn't matter if you're a murderer, a thief, or a drunkard, a prostitute, a liar, a thief, a homosexual, a transgender. It doesn't matter if you're divorced or married. It doesn't matter if you're whatever sin you're involved in, amen, a drunkard. It doesn't matter, amen, a drug user, whatever it may be, and a gambler. Christ will save you. He will forgive you of all of your sins and will give you everlasting life if you call upon him in genuine repentance and faith alone in him. Whatever false religion you're from, you could be saved. Whether it's Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, Confucianism, Jehovah's Witness doctrine, Mormonism, whatever it is, false Christianity, you could be saved. Just pray this prayer at me and genuinely mean it from your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I deserve not heaven, Lord. I deserve hell. I deserve your justice. And I deserve your condemnation. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on that wonderful cross of Calvary for my sins. Thank you for shedding your blood for my redemption. Lord Jesus, thank you for rising from the dead on the third day according to the Holy Scriptures, which is an infallible proof. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Come into my heart and be my Lord and my Savior. And I commit my life and surrender my life to you. I don't hold back any area of my life, my mind, my heart, all of my life. I surrender to you, and I repent of every sin and every wave of ungodliness. Lord Jesus, by the help of the Holy Ghost, I will love you, live for you, and serve you all the days of my life. I pray all this in your wonderful name that's above every name. Amen. In the name of Jesus, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you prayed that prayer, amen, you truly meant it unto God. You truly repent and truly trust in Christ as Savior. You're now a born-again child of God. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Hallelujah. And you're ready to go to heaven not go to hell. We want to encourage you in your new walk with the Lord. You just go to our website, internationaldeliveranceministry.org. Amen. Internationaldeliveranceministries.org. Go to our salvation tab and you go down, you'll see a booklet that says what it means to be born again, absolutely free. You can read that booklet, be encouraged in the Lord, amen, in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. You want to support this ministry? No gift is too small, no gift is too large for the Lord. We thank God for all that you can do. And most importantly, your prayers. We love you. We are praying, we're praying for you. God bless. Jesus.